Okay, will the class come to order, please? <laughs> um, I know y'all are really surprised to see me here, but um, I didn't ask either. Um, <laughs> James asked me, and, uh, and he uh, said, you know, he texted me, and will you, you know, I got to go to North Carolina. Will you talk for me in my place on Sunday? Thanks for helping me out. And so it's like, oh, I just sort of really panicked. But, you know, um, he, he assured me it would be fine. He said, just be yourself. So that's what I'm going to be. And if you have a problem with that, take it up with him. <laughs> okay. And, and he asked me to put this on the board so y'all could um, write it down. That's the New Beginnings Church he was at last week in Slidell, Louisiana. And um, the message he gave out last week, it was, it's just phenomenal. I mean, you, I was just practically jumping up and down. I've listened to it almost three times already. And there are two um, recordings. One is his message, and then one... The second one is a question and answer session they had after, and they're both real good, but the message is just literally out of this world, you know. So, but, so anyway, so I'm just gonna, why don't we just pray, okay? Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing us all here together. And... We know this is all about you, and please speak to everyone today and reveal your thoughts to them. And um, and we love you. Amen. Okay, what I was gonna um, talk about today. It's, it's like what we've been taught, and if I don't look at you, it's just, I might even take my glasses off, actually. Um, it's what we've been talking about, you know, for months and months, and really for the last several years, because, you know, I look back and I see how James and Clark have been laying this foundation of understanding for us, and we've really been building on it and building on it. And... Um, Last night, my daughter came over, and she asked me what I was doing. I said, oh, I'm just taking some notes, because I'm going to you know, talk at church tomorrow. She said, oh, what, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? And I made the mistake of trying to explain it to her. <laughs> <laughs> and you just can't. It, it is by revelation. And so by the time she left, I really think she thought I was going a little bit crazy. <laughs> so so I, I just... I really pray that the Lord will speak through me. And so anyway, the way I want to go about this is the only way I can. It's, I'm sort of going to tell you a story. And um, it's a conversation that I've been having with God over the last several months. And you know how those are. You know, There's all these like threads that are coming in these conversations, it's just like a thread you know, on the internet, you can follow them and a thought here a line of thought there and, and it, but then it started to kind of braid together, these threads into one sort of coherent thought and so 
I'm going to talk about a couple little different conversations, and I hope that I can sort of bring you along to where it's taken me in my thinking. Um, and, well, one thing is, um, a couple weeks ago, I'd been having conversations with Steve Abair. I don't know if any of you know him, but he's here often. And uh, he kept saying one thing over and over to me. And I didn't really understand what he was saying, but he, was sa he said uh, that the Lord had shown him that perfection was his enemy. And I thought, well, I don't really know what that means. But he said it like three different times in a week. So I thought, this is, the Lord is showing him something. I don't know what it is. Um, then another stream of thought was um, I had been feeling rather frustrated because I haven't been or I hadn't been like experiencing um, walking in the kingdom. I, I hadn't been, it, it, it wasn't an emotional experience for me. And I thought this, I know God loves me. I know he doesn't hold my sins against me. I believe these things. I know I'm a new creation. I can imagine how this is true. I believe it. But I wasn't experiencing it. And that was frustrating because I knew it was real. So why don't I experience it other than a flash here and there, you know? Um, so I was pondering that. And then I became aware, like, I'd be working all day, you know, your mind is consumed with your work. And like around, you know, four o'clock, I would become aware of this subtle sort of undercurrent of unease that had been there, simmering way, way in the background all day. And it had been bothering me all day, but I hadn't really been cognizant of it. You know, it was there, but all of a sudden I was aware of it. And I would ask myself, where is this coming from? Um, and it was, it was a disease, an uneasiness. And so I, I started to like sort of chase that down, like what, what's causing this, you know? And, and every time I would follow this, I would see that it started because of some, it always went back to some either fear or a feeling of guilt. And then I would start thinking, well, now what am I feeling guilty about? I know the Lord forgives me. All this, we've been over this ground before. Why, why, is, why am I having these feelings of fear and guilt? I'm not agreeing with God about something. Um, and, and then I realized, well, this is what's preventing me from experiencing the kingdom, I, I, I sort of saw myself as like a, a buoy in the water, and I was being held down by a rope. But I wanted to pop up, and like James said, as a new creation, that is our natural state, is to pop, is to ascend. But, but I just feel like something is holding me down. Um, and then there was another thing that I had been thinking about. And all this time that we've been talking about how we're free from the law, 
And I never understood what this law was I was free from. And I would think about oh, the Old Testament, the dietary laws, the laws of sacrifice. There were so many of them. And I thought, well, I've never subscribed to any of that. Um, I know we're not talking about traffic laws that I'm free from, um, but I, I just couldn't figure out what these laws were because I, well, I've always sort of had a libertarian sort of outlook, you know, and I'll, you know, you, you live your life and I'll live mine, and I, I didn't place other people under laws. Um, but then the Lord showed me that I did have a whole set of laws. I didn't recognize them as laws until he showed me that I was living under my own laws. Ooh. Okay, they're in there. Um, I'll just hold it, you know. Um, I, I, I didn't recognize them as laws. They were things I had grown up with, um, standard operating procedures. Um, norms of behavior, expectations, you know, and, um, or, but before I thought, oh, well, these are the laws written on our heart, you know, the God said I wrote them on the heathen's heart. But, but then it would show me, no, you, you're a law unto yourself, and you're the judge and the jury, and when you don't get your yard cleaned up, you're worrying about what the neighbors are thinking, and you're a slob. You're lazy. You don't get out there and do this. This is a sort of conversation that would go on in the back of my mind. Or if I blew my weekly budget, I wasn't being thrifty. Now I'm going to have to pay. I can't buy that pair of shoes I wanted. You know, there was a, I, so I, I was holding myself to all these rules. You know, early to bed, early to rise. You know, all these little maxims and stuff that I had been taught growing up. And so then I would think, well, are these not good things? These sort of rules to live by, dress for success, all, all these things that had sort of or, been ordering my life and the way I went about my day. The, the problem was, is when I failed to do them, I was condemning myself and I didn't even realize it because I was trying to perfect my behavior and I didn't even realize it. I, they, these things were so deeply embedded in my subconscious from the, from the time I was born into this world and taught how to manage myself in this world, um, you know, that I didn't realize that these were laws for me and I was still following them and when I didn't, or if I gained five pounds, you know, oh my God, you ate too many carbs. Oh, I did have dietary laws, you know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and I didn't even, because I did not recognize them as that. And so the Lord showed me this, how, how this, I was still living under the law, and even, I never thought he condemned me for these things, but I was condemning myself for them. So... So that was the source of this anxiety and this undercurrent that was keeping me from enjoying the fruits of the Spirit that I have, that are naturally mine now as the new creation. These things 
I have them, but I couldn't enjoy them because of this old mind. I didn't, it took me a while to recognize what this old mind was. So, but it was standards of behavior, rules, and, um, you know, and so then I would think, well, is there anything wrong with these rules? I mean, are they bad? Don't we teach our children these things? And then I realized that mindset, you can never reason your way out of it. It is a, it's a closed circuit. You have to jump the circuit and leave it behind. That's, before we were a new creation, that was the only mind we had. So it was in the driver's seat. But then, when we became a new creation, that old mind still thinks it's in the driver's seat. But you have to relegate it to the back seat. It's good, you know, for driving cars, for like baking a cake, doing a math problem. <laughs> yeah, but, but anything other than the absolute concrete physical existence, it's not any good. For, it, it, it cannot inform the new creation. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and you can't, because it, it is self-referencing, you can never reason your way beyond it. So you just really have to exchange it for the mind of Christ, and the mind of Christ supersedes it, you know. And, um, let's see, I don't know if any of you have ever known a pathological liar, but I have. And a pathological liar is someone who will sooner lie than tell the truth, and they automatically lie. I don't know why, but they're always hiding the truth, you know. And I began to think of the natural mind like that. It, it, is, it is a habitual liar, because it, what it says is usually the very opposite of what's true. And I want to give a couple examples of that. Because, you see, I, I could never understand how do I embrace this mind of Christ. And James was always saying, behold Christ, look at Christ. I just didn't know how to do that. I mean, what, do I close my eyes and get a picture of him? Do I see him standing on the, on the mountain? Do I, do I remember what he told his disciples? How do I behold him? Because, see, I'm still thinking about him, you know, with my natural mind. So I knew that, that that's just not it. Um, but then... It's so simple, but it's so hard to grasp with the natural mind. I, I couldn't figure out the mechanism of this. How does this actually practically work out? And I always want to know, like, well, what are the mechanics of this, you know? Um, and then some things started to happen, and I began to see. 
And so I just want to give you a couple of examples. Um, I had a big limb come down in my yard. I had just gotten it all clean, cleared up after a year. I, and then the storm, the, the last big storm we had, had a pretty, it was pretty big. It was about like that, you know, about 20 feet long. And I went out, it was caught in the bushes. I tried to yank it out. I, I just could hardly budge it, you know, it was pretty heavy. And I thought, okay, you know, well, I'm just going to have to wait for the weather to cool down a little bit before I'm going to deal with this. And every day I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh, God, that's a mess. I've got to get that cleaned up. And then the weather did cool down. And then I went out there and I tugged on it some more and I couldn't really get far. I got tangled up in another tree. And so I said, well, I'm just going to wait for it to dry out, you know. And the whole time I'm condemning myself that I'm not cleaning up my yard. And then um, every day I'm looking at that thing. And then a couple nights ago, Scott Sheldon called me up and he said, Hey, you know, didn't you say you had some wood in your yard you wanted to get rid of? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, Esther's having some friends over and we're going to have a bonfire and roast marshmallows. Could I come by and get it? And I said, it's pretty big, Scott. You know, I don't know. You got a, you got a chainsaw? He said, well, let me just come by. So I was, I'm out there with the lantern, you know, and he goes, oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. He just picked it up like with one hand, you know, <laughs> and threw it into the back of his truck. And thank you, thank you, you know. <laughs> and it was, I was like, oh. Wow. You see, so the natural mind says, well, something was bound to happen the longer you leave it there. I mean, the termites would have eventually eaten it, right? But the mind of Christ says that was sitting there until the day that Scott Sheldon and his family needed it, and he came and got it, and you didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to deal with it. So it's a way of seeing things. Like the natural mind says, this is it. That's not it. The mind of Christ says, this is it. And another example, and I just love this one, and I asked Jody if I could tell this story that she told us the other night. But it's about the provision that God has for us. How the natural mind can't see it but the mind of Christ does. Um, they were in a situation where they were experiencing what seemed to be great financial need. And um, Jody um, said, you know, that she would just get seized up with this panic and fear. And, oh, God, I know that feeling so well, that, that you know, when you can't pay your bills or you know you lose your job and you know where's it going to come from and some big your car you know breaks down you have seemingly no money and you, just that fear that seizes us and she was saying that she, she was experiencing this and then I, I guess she just got sick and tired of experiencing it and she, and she said well you know what I'm going to do I'm not when I go to the grocery store I'm not going to shop for two weeks I'm going to shop for 24 hours, and I'm going to do this every day. And she started doing that. So she would go the day and get everything they needed for their three meals a day, and she'd do this every day. And 
I said the amazing thing was is that um, we always had what we needed. We always had enough. And now the natural mind would say, well, look at all the gas you were wasting going to the store every day. And look, you spent $25 because you were buying in small quantities. That would have only cost $15. But she said, but yes, but I had the $25 that day. And then, and that was all I had. And then the next day, more would come. They would get a royalty check or something, but every day they had what they needed for that day. So instead of poverty and need, they had plenty and sufficiency, and that was God's provision for them for that day. You know. So I, I just love that example that she gave. And so I actually put a little sign on my mirror, and I call it the 24-hour truth, to remember that... Um, so, and then, and then something else happened to me just the other night because I was thinking about the only way to embrace the mind of Christ and make it your primary mind is to look at Jesus. And what does that mean? How do you look at Jesus? And then it just sort of happened. I wouldn't say I stumbled upon it, but I would say that the Lord just showed me because all week long a, a, a bunch of us have been like talking and getting together over the last few weeks and all we do is talk about Jesus. And I was experiencing just this growing love that I was receiving from my brothers and sisters and the Lord that been spending time with and we were just all we didn't talk about anything but him we were just always lifting him up and and saying you know talking about his provision and how he'd done this for us and how he'd shown us that and you know how much love you know he shows us every day and so this is all I had been thinking about and I was at home and I, I had just gotten off the phone yeah Scott had just come and gotten the wood I had been talking to Stephen the day before, earlier in the day, and um, I was sitting back down again, and, and I was thinking about how I just feel like I'm falling in love with these people, and it's just, it's the love of God, it's, it's Jesus. And then the doorbell rang, you know, it's like 9 o'clock at night, and I'm thinking, who's that? And immediately I had a picture of Jim and Glenda Spell in my mind, and I went to the door, and it was them. And they have never come over before. <laughs> but, and, and, and they brought me a big bag of fruit from their trees. And then they left. So I sat back down to my knitting and I just went like this. I was just basking in this love of Jesus. And I was just, that's what I was beholding him. I was experiencing and receiving his love. And I had the most supernatural experience. That's all I can say. I looked around and I said, so this is what it's like to feel rich. I feel so wealthy. It's almost like the whole room was glowing. I had no sense of need, no sense of want. There was nothing wrong. 
Everything was pristine. I was full up. It was, and I said, this is wealth. This is God's riches. And, 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 and money, it, it is just the physical representation. I feel wealthy. The money is just the form, the physical form, but it's an empty shell. I always wondered what it would be like to have millions and millions of dollars and just not have a worry or feel like I have a need. And I experienced that just to its fullness, and I said, this is the real. This is the real thing. And it's from beholding Jesus and the mind of Christ, and everything is in him, everything we need. He is all of our provision. He is all in all. And just by receiving his love, through your brothers and sisters and just sitting in his presence. And because the natural mind always wants to do, how do I do this? How do I behold? The problem with the natural mind is there is no problem. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you, so you just really have to put it, put it, wait, put it aside but let's see now. We got ten minutes left. Do we? We got fifteen left, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to um, fill it all up. So let me just make sure there was. That's kind of what I wanted to say. Let's see. Oh yeah, there was there was one verse I wanted to read. Um, See, these, these thoughts that were always gnawing in the back of my mind at me, the natural mind, and I didn't even know they were there. When I discovered them, I'm not talking about psychoanalysis, but when I discovered they were there, I saw them like, like this. You know, like we, okay, we live in Florida, and cockroaches are a fact of life here. But the trick is, is to keep them out of your house. You know? <laughs> Sometimes I get up in the morning and I see evidence of them, their droppings, in the back corner of the counter or something. So I know there's one here. So the next night, I'll set my alarm for three and I'll get up. And I'll, yeah, and I'll go in the kitchen and I'll flip on that light. And I can use because they freeze and then they try to run and you can see them. And I usually get them. <laughs> but that's what these thoughts are like. You, you have to, they're like cockroaches, you know, and you have to flip on the light and smash it, you know? <laughs> but you got to know it's there, you know, it's So whenever something is like, is, whenever something is like contrary to what you know to be true, that's a cockroach and you got to smash it. So. <laughs> So, so then it made me think of this, of this verse, you know, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So that's 
kind of the gist of, you know, just this little journey I went on um, discovering that I really did have this old way of thinking. I was still under the law, and I didn't even know it because I didn't even know what the law was. And But it was, it was the, the natural mind that still thought it was in control. And so it, it really helped me to be able to identify it and, you know, but I wanted to um, ask Steve if he would um, <laughs> just say a word or two about what the Lord had showed you about perfection and how that was, how that was preventing you, like, because you felt like, okay, like we, we know God wants to bless us, but there's this notion that I had and that he had that, okay, I know God wants to bless me, and he is blessing me, but I am preventing myself from receiving the blessing because something I'm doing, I'm not allowing God to bless me. And then his realization that you can't stop the blessing. So you want to talk? <laughs> Here, i got to give you this. that was unexpected. <laughs> well, it was really simple. I was just driving downtown one day, and I, I knew that, you know, inside, I know that God loves me, and, and he wants to bless me, but I always felt like I was getting in the way somehow. And I always heard that song, um, I forget who sings it, but one of the lines is, perfection is my enemy. And it was on the radio. And I never really understood it, and then I felt like God kind of showed me, perfection is your enemy, because you still think you have to be perfect in yourself for me to bless you. And, and I was, okay, or even maybe just a little more perfect and not totally perfect. And, and if I could just get it right, if I could say the right thing or think the right thing or pray the right thing or hold my head right when I was praying or whatever, then I would get it right and then he blesses me. But he's blessed me so many times when I have no, no explanation for it. So I knew that wasn't it. And when I finally heard that song, I heard that verse of the song, I said, that's it. It's me that's wanting me to be, try to be perfect and better. God already loves me the way I am. So that was it. <laughs> and then I just wanted to ask one more person to say something. I wanted Scott Sheldon to talk about what it was like to live under 200 rules growing up and how it almost killed him. <laughs> and these are the private personal laws that I was talking about that I didn't know were laws. Well, I was... Um Actually, I want to say something a little bit different, if that's okay. The flip side to Steve's coin, he's talking about perfection being what you need to do in order to be blessed. And the other day, I got this revelation. I, I don't like to... S- anyway, I got this unveiling or revelation, whatever you want to call it, that... I need to rely on God to do it all. And immediately upon that thought, my same thought in the same sentence without a comma, pause, apostrophe, anything was, now God's really going to bless me because I'm allowing (laughs) faith in God. That's, That's works, but on the opposite side of the coin that Steve's talking about right? And I was like, 
And, and so I was visiting Russ Parker, and I, I, whatever, if you don't know, I homeschool my kids, and I have a 14 and 13-year-old, a 13 and 12-year-old, however old you guys are. <laughs> I'm a good homeschool teacher. <laughs> Math is my subject. Um, but I was, home, I, I was, it was the, the principle of homeschooling my kids, and I've done it for three years, and the first year was all my own works, working as hard as I could. The second year was trying to, you know, find this angle or that angle or use this curriculum or that curriculum to be better. And then the third year was giving up, saying, I can't do this. I'm horrible at it. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And that was when that whole revelation of, you don't have to do it because I'm going to take care of your kids and because I'm their ultimate teacher. So don't worry about it. You're not, you don't have to teach them anyway. I'll teach them. You can screw it up, and I'm going to teach them anyway. And that was when that thought came. Immediately in the same sentence was, oh, now God's really going to bless my kids. And then I talked to Russ. I was all excited. I went over to Russ. I was like, Russ, guess what? I just got this revelation. And he looked at me, and he goes, you know, Russ has an amazing way of communicating. <laughs> and he goes, you realize that what you're doing is works. And I said, no, 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 I'm letting God do it all, and God's going to bless me even more. And he said, no, you're, it's works in the opposite direction. He said, you know, Satan is so crafty. He'll take what's been revealed to you, which is an awesome thing, and then he's going to turn it around and just change it just a little bit. You know, if you fly from Japan to L.A., and you're one-tenth of one degree off, you're probably in Mexico by the time you get, you know. And that's that whole concept. And I thought, wow. So I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it's the opposite of what Steve says. The mind, the natural mind, it is self-referencing, and it cannot get out of that. It can't get off that treadmill. It's a circuit that it just keeps going around and around on. And no matter how it's informed... It, it will not be correct. It will always have the wrong answers, and that's why we have to just really leave it behind and just look at Jesus. That's all. There's no thinking about it anymore. The mind of Christ is in us. There's no, there's no reasoning it out or seeing how this works. It's just beholding Jesus and receiving his love, and then he reveals it all. And it's, it's just an entirely different type of mind. And like I said, you can't fix the natural mind. Because every time we try, we don't even know we're doing it until we start seeing that we're doing it. That it is just self-referencing and it's just the same circle over and over and you keep ending up in the same place. Oh, I got it now. Now I don't have to do... Now I don't have to. Or now... Or like this. Oh, I'm doing something and I shouldn't be doing anything. Now I shouldn't be. See, now there you go again. It's that same circle. I shouldn't. It's always, see, it's eye-centered. But when we take our eyes off what we should be doing or shouldn't be doing or are doing and just don't even think of ourselves and just Jesus, you know, and just receive the love that comes from him. That's when you see his provision and you have the mind of Christ. And 
that be, and then see those those old grooves in our old thinking. That's like I call it default thinking. It's what you default to unless something, you know, interferes with it, like a revelation from the mind of Christ. Those old patterns of thinking that we just naturally fall into so that they're just absolutely almost subconscious, but they affect our behavior and everything else. Different grooves will be worn. You know, it's like, it's like a new vinyl will be put on the record player. It has different grooves. You've got to throw out the old record. And, now, and, and then the mind of Christ will be default for us because that's what's on the record player now. If you get my baby. But anyway. <laughs> so that's so anyway, I just um, Jesus, thank you for um, you know speaking to us today and I just pray that um, everybody's heart can open and hear what you want to say and just thank you for all my precious brothers and sisters here and, and, and thank you for showing us these things. And, and we love you.